0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Scott McKenna podcast. I am so fired up about this episode because I think it's my favorite episode that I've ever recorded for the Scott McKenna podcast. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. This one has so many nuggets in it that I'm not even going to waste time trying to sum it up. I'm just going to get right to the episode and let you hear it. Paul Reichert is a friend of mine who is doing incredible things for so many people. And he made a big impact in my life. He's a life coach, a life plan guy, just just a lot of stuff. Let's just get right to the episode. Thanks for listening. As always, connect with me on Twitter or Instagram, YouTube, anywhere you want. I'm there. See ya. All right, Paul. How you doing today? Doing good. It's thanks. a nice day. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you being on the podcast. I've gotten a chance to know you, obviously, for a couple of years now, and always appreciated your leadership, appreciated friendship, obviously, and appreciated just your desire to be very good at listening to people, which mm-hmm. I am not good at at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something we'll dive into and talk more about, but I appreciate you being here, I always like to at least start just getting a feel for who you are. Introduce yourself a little bit to the people listening, and like, how did you get? I'm fascinated with how people got to where they're at today.
1: Yeah, as am I. You know, and that's such a such an important question for people to to answer for themselves. So obviously, I should have a I should have a pretty good answer for <laughs> me, right? Uh, my name is Paul. Uh, for the people listening, Paul Reichert, and I'm a, I'm a Life Plan facilitator. And basically, if you've, if you're wondering what that is, it's kind of a breed of, of life coach. I know that's a term that gets uh, thrown mm. out there a lot. So sometimes I'm a little bit hesitant to, uh, to even use yeah. that because of, uh, you know, I feel like anybody can kind of call themselves a life coach, which is, you know,
0: part of the deal well you mean the 22 year old Instagram life coach isn't a thing like oh, oh you, it's a you thing. can't be a life coach at 22 years old <laughs> oh sure you can okay. <laughs> yeah that's you
1: know it's not an, it's not a regulated thing so anyone can call themselves that uh-huh. um, so I, I need to come up with a new I need to come up with a new term so that I can kind of give my own definition to it but <laughs> but to answer your question um, just a little bit of, of where I got how I got to where I am today um, I spent The first about 14 years of kind of my adult vocational career in Latin America, working in leadership development, um, basically facilitating transformational experiences for people. Um, And that was the background a couple of years ago. My wife and I landed back here um, in the US, this is kind of her stomping grounds, and that kind of launched us into a transition where I started, you know, kind of leaning on some of the experiences um, that I'd had even growing up if we wanted to go further back. Um, But certainly in those, you know, years of kind of helping people see breakthrough in their lives and applying that in this context and, and helping people really, you know, when I, when I kind of try to boil it down for me, what is it, what it is that I do? um, I help people see clearly I help them see clearly so that they can get where they want to go, and and seeing clearly is the first part of that. You know, first of all, understanding who I am, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, understanding and seeing clearly my context and my Mm -hmm. situation, and having the right perspective on that. You know, once I'm there, then I can kind of ask myself the question: Where the heck am I going? Yeah. Well, that's that's good to know, but then we need a clear plan. We need to see clearly how we're going to get there. Yeah. And then develop some of those competencies to yeah. get where we're going. So I, you know, I have this enormous, enormous privilege of getting to walk with
0: people in that journey. And you mentioned, you know, that a lot of that starts with listening. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I've, I appreciated obviously about our time when we went through this the life plan thing. Is just it, sometimes you just don't necessarily even see things because you've never really thought about them. Right, Like I think a lot of people would say that they're like very self-aware. They know themselves and nobody knows themselves better than they do. But I don't really think people do that much. I think people don't actually realize, as I remember after, you know, after we spent a solid two days straight together for that, which is part of the tricky thing is I think it takes some, it takes being vulnerable. It takes also saying like, I actually want to, work on something, right? Like realizing, yeah. cause the, the first part of obviously self-awareness is actually being aware that you need to be self-aware, right?
1: You hit it on the head. Like most, obviously most people have some degree of self-awareness. So, you know, self-awareness isn't this like, oh, now I'm self-aware. And in fact, there's this tricky thing about that. Like once you realize that there was kind of undiscovered stuff about you, um, you realize just how much you don't no, and mm-hmm. just how much you don't understand and it's kind of like these layers that actually as you go deeper the more expansive mm-hmm. that gets yeah. the more undiscovered real estate mm-hmm. there is for knowing yourself on deeper levels it's not like you kind of chip away at all there is to know about you and okay now I've only got two more things to know about myself it's like the more you realize, oh, my goodness, you know, yeah. I'm seeing things in a whole new way every time, the, the deeper I go. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so we all, you know, we all are kind of hopefully orienting ourselves in that direction, mm-hmm. you know, going towards,
0: like, knowing myself more. You know? Right. And I
1: don't think that ever ends.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's something that was obviously really helpful when we talked is that – just kind of realizing that it's it's easy in the the midst of busyness to like give advice to people or to say that person needs to do this or this person needs to do this, but like how often are we actually evaluating mm. ourselves? Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Because I never really realized that. Like until I kind of look at at everything from a whole scope of you know we went all the way back to the beginning till now and like mm-hmm. where do I want to be? There's so many things you don't realize. A connect, which is was really yeah. interesting, but then. Learning, which we'll talk about, like what was f- completely killing my energy and what was mm-hmm. giving me energy. Mm-hmm. You don't always think about those kind of mm-hmm. things, and you go through your day, and you, you're maybe you're depressed for a certain amount of time, or you're happy, and you don't like. Are you paying attention to why that is even happening?
1: Yeah, yeah. We try to. Sometimes we have kind of what we would call like presenting issues or things that we feel on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe I'm just tired or a little stressed yeah. or something like that. We don't realize that that if we tug on that thread. Um, it actually can lead to some places yeah. that we didn't we didn't really understand that yeah. this part of my life, even something that happened a while ago, um, or between different narratives, like different domains in my life, these things are are connected. And still, until we start asking the questions, so I mean, the the main you know activity in gaining self awareness is learning to ask those questions mm-hmm. or have somebody ask you those questions. We don't. Most of us have never really experienced yeah. that. Been taught you know, how to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times it, it takes somebody just kind of with a framework to say like, Hey, I at least have a path that we can follow Mm -hmm. some questions that we can ask and then doing the listening part and, and, and being a mirror for you to say, this Mm -hmm. is what I hear you saying. You said this over here about your vocation. And you said this over here about your relationship with your wife. And you said this, you know, about your upbringing and you said this about where you think you want to go. Do you see that you said that word about yourself four times? Yeah. And, you know, Yeah. it's hard to hear yourself say those things and, and kind of connect the dots and see the threads. That's where having a partner to do that with can be really helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think we live in this like world these days where everyone almost sees like self-help as like a weakness of you, if life is going good, it's it, it, people look at self help as kind of like that's the the last resort type thing i feel like mm-hmm. when when they hit a rock bottom spot in their life or they're suddenly in this deep depression and they seek help do you feel like that like do you see that too do you feel like most people that you talk to they don't open up until it's like not too late cuz i don't think anything's too late we all have a chance to obviously right reconnect but do you see that being a problem like we live in this world i feel like where people just look at that as a a bad thing, like right, yeah, no, admitting I, I, failure.
1: I hear what you're saying, and you know when you put it, yeah, even when you say self help, there's certainly this like connotation yeah. with that. That's I don't like need help. What self help? Yeah. And it kind of feels like a little bit like uh, I, I don't know, frou frou, or or like you know, ooh, like yeah. mystical, uh-huh. or or just kind of like mumbo, you know, kind of psychobabble mm-hmm. type things that you know. I think there's there's you know that's a valid perspective because there is a lot of stuff out there that's really not going to help you at the level that you Mm -hmm. probably need Um, and yeah you're right most people would think there must I need to have something wrong with me or be really in a critical state before I'm actually going to invest time and money resources Mm -hmm. energy into digging into this stuff like if everything's fine on the surface Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to I'm you know I'm not going to like separate real effort mm-hmm. and put real effort into diving into this stuff yeah when there's a crisis absolutely you know, then people will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to find, you know, to get themselves mm-hmm. out of it. Um, it's I like think, exercise, yeah. right? It's like yeah.
0: p- too many people wait till they're 400 pounds and they <laughs> realize they need to. It's eat. too late. When yeah. it's like, no. it'd be much yeah. easier if you just realize the importance yeah. of it. And I'm realizing that now yeah. with like my health, even just right. the idea of, man, I don't do anything physical. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not like obese or overweight. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, Yeah, it's just, I think it's super important. I never had that until I was, you know, two years. What did we do? A year ago we did this, two years ago? mm -hmm. And I was 32, and I never had even, like, thought about those questions in life.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, so on the the opposite end of the spectrum, Scott, I think you also see around us, like, just this flood and saturation of personal development stuff. Mm. I mean, it's like, everywhere. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's in front of people mm-hmm. a lot more the term self-awareness, like that's been connected to tons of studies about being the number one yeah. indicator of, you know, success. Um, you know, however you want to define mm-hmm. success, but particularly in people that have achieved what they were setting out to do, mm-hmm. um, in leadership, CEOs, whatever, um, or entrepreneurs in their venture, self-awareness is like where it all kind of begins and ends. So on the other end of the spectrum, it's like there is so much out there mm-hmm. that that can be a little bit like oh, realizing yeah. like what do, which book do I read what yeah. you know what kind of goal setting strategy am I supposed to use uh, I'm finding more and more what I'm kind of giving people is like, hey, there's a lot of noise around self help yeah. Self-help. yeah. Let me just make this really simple right. for you, you know, and I'm gonna guide you step by step. I'm gonna I've read all the books, yeah. I've looked at yeah, everything, yeah. you know what I mean? And and I understand your situation enough to say this is kind of the roadmap that probably suits you best.
0: Yeah, and it's a matter of I mean, it's much easier you hearing me directly and giving an answer rather than a book. There are great books that may help certain people, but there's also books that won't if they if because they're just written they're written very broad Mm -hmm. to just overall. It doesn't mean there's not things right, but sometimes like learning how to play a guitar, it's. It's easier if you have an instructor be like, No, you're that chord's wrong. Like, let me help mm-hmm. you fix that chord rather than you hoping that you are seeing you're playing the chord wrong. It's just, I think there's a lot of value in obviously having like a physical person because it's oh, yeah. just different.
1: Yeah. And especially, I mean, you kind of talk about that idea of having like a, a guitar teacher who over time, if you, are in a relationship with that person, mm-hmm. they can see your tendencies right. and play to your strengths. Right. So, you know that those are the best scenarios mm-hmm. where I get to observe somebody right. and see them try different solutions, yeah. and you know give them feedback and experiment even with different things. And mm-hmm. maybe the first thing we tr- we tried wasn't the best solution for them. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't fit them the best. You know um, that that happens, and that you know. I love that when we can kind of get into a relationship between me and a client where it's like we're progressing and yeah. they're able to almost coach me on how to coach them sometimes right. because it's like this isn't connecting with me. Okay, let's try this approach. Right. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: because no yeah. no one person is the same. Exactly. And everyone is so, so different. I, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciated that too when we chatted. Is just how how good, like I said, that you listened. What do you feel like are some of the biggest things people struggle with when it comes to like self-awareness? Like, Are, are there things that you see – as common things people are either just, like, not paying attention to whatsoever that maybe, like, do you see common things in that in, in on the side of self? I feel like self-awareness, the more and more, maybe the last six to nine months, I've realized just how unbelievably important it is for a million reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, whether you yeah. are running a business and you shouldn't be or whether you, yep. you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are... I would say the common thread that I do see is people not necessarily understanding why they do what they do, mm-hmm. um, why they are the way they are. So mm-hmm. I know that's, that's pretty broad, but mm-hmm. that's the common thread is, you know, they might have a self-awareness about, Hey, I tend to behave this way. I don't have any idea why that is, right? or this type of situation just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that puts me on this path and I respond this way you know that kind of first step of even just zooming back like oh do I usually respond in a certain way and like that's the first step right lots of times people haven't asked themselves that question Mm -hmm. Um, but if they have you know to dig a little deeper then and say what's driving that Mm -hmm. where did that come from and that can take some serious uh, introspection, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's it seems very clear for people. But, you know, that's that's the common thread is um, is do I understand why I'm here? I'm, I might feel like, oh, I'm looking at a vocational change even. Like a lot of times people will come to me thinking I'm, I'm going to quit my job and start right. a business or switch careers or something like that. Is this for me? They're feeling that there's some sort of tension that mm-hmm. doesn't. You know something doesn't match up with their current situation, and where they they don't feel like they're the best version of themselves mm-hmm. today. Um, and you know when we start asking why is this really about your job, oftentimes we discover the reason, the source of that tension is is something different. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the those, those are common things people mm-hmm. wonder like is this this just doesn't seem satisfying for me. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes I would say, kind of something vocational mm-hmm. or or personal relationship would right. kind of be the the starting point yeah. for our discussions. Does that yeah. make
0: sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. W- one of the things that I think was one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the experience was just that this whole idea of like that the replenishment cycle mm. of realizing what is killing me of energy and what's not. And honestly, mm-hmm. I haven't. F- completely figured it out yet Mm -hmm. like i feel like there are times that i feel like 100 this is what refreshes me Mm -hmm. and then other times i'm like all right i did that i'm not feeling refreshed so maybe that's not what it is but i kind of always am going back and forth of man how do i get better at knowing that and i'd love you to unpack a little bit about kind of first of all just what that whole thing means because that was huge for me even though i don't think i've mastered it yet just the idea of it is very very important i think
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first and foremost, we got to admit and recognize and own the fact that we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, none of us are superheroes. You know, some of us may have greater capacities in certain areas, but at the end of the day, we are all human beings, you know, and that puts limitations on us. And if we don't, acknowledge those and work within those frameworks we're going to feel it eventually mm-hmm. you know some people are pretty good at masking stress or saying they don't feel stressed ultimately your body keeps the score and it will sit you down if you mm-hmm. haven't sat yourself down mm-hmm. you know when you reach that capacity but as much as something can be fulfilling you know and that certainly helps if if my daily activities and what I'm kind of pouring my energies into like align with who I am and that can even be energizing in a sense mm-hmm. It's it still takes energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea of replenishment is how do I fill the tanks? And mm-hmm. the concept that or the idea that I think a lot of people can relate to is you know, when you're on an airplane, right, they're giving the safety talk, and there's always this part of the talk where they talk, you know, the masks drop mm-hmm. from the ceiling there. And this is so funny how many times people answer this, you know, opposite of what's actually said in the safety talk, because it's like, okay, if you're there, you and you know, a young child, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And most people will do, say what? You're supposed
0: to do your mask first, <laughs> well, yeah, but you most are, people will yeah. say, the person next to me. Exactly. You know, I'm going to help, my, my help yeah.
1: them before I help myself. That's kind of, you know, unselfish in a in an emergency situation. Now, you are supposed to put your mask on first before you help others. You
0: can't help anybody if you're no good. <laughs> exactly. The yeah.
1: same is true in life, you know, and if even in, like, if, if you've ever done kind of like first aid training, the whole first part of that triangle, is scene size up, you're not supposed to run up to a scene and start helping people and miss the fact that there's a live electric wire right there. What we don't need is like another victim, another person that needs attention because they didn't like take care of themselves mm. in the situation. So that, this is rewiring for people because it feels selfish to take myself mm out of the situation, like not be there for my kids or my wife or my friends when I feel like I'm always supposed to be there and show up in this certain way or produce this amount of work. I'm not pulling my load if I pull back, hmm. you know, for a little bit and pour into myself. But but let's, let's play that out a little bit. So then what happens? You show up to all those situations as a shadow of what you could be, hmm. right? So what's more selfish, right? right. Yeah. T- take the time. And fill those tanks and show up to your relationships, show up to your work, show up to your kids as the best, fullest version of yourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You are robbing them if Mm -hmm. you don't do that. That's why I say, you know, again, I have to make it that clear to people. You are robbing your work, your relationships, the people in your life if you aren't taking care of yourself.
0: That's so true. No, and and I think it can't. I think a lot of it is that selfishness feeling, right? Like you feel like, like even for me, for example, with with work, it's like it. Sometimes, as I think about exercising about different things, I'm like, man, when am I going to fit this into my schedule? Mm-hmm. When am I going to fit this? And I I can't take any more time away from my family or free from work. So it's like I just won't do it. But then it's like, like you said, that's the problem. Uh huh. Eventually, long term, I have nothing left. Yeah. And then yep. was it worse that I decided I just didn't want to do in that moment, but now I'm, yep. you know, in a deathbed because I didn't take care of certain things for a long time, right? Right, yeah. But it's well, hard to balance that. Yep. It's or hard to balance that if you're busy yeah. or relationally, yeah. and, and, you know, you get, and that's, I remember one of the things you brought up with me that was really important is the idea of the people around you mm-hmm. understanding what your replenishment is.
1: Yeah, needs no, are absolutely. Best case scenario is that this is an open dialogue between mm-hmm. you and your core relationships because mm-hmm. they're people too, and they mm-hmm. have the same needs. Yeah, um, and you both want to show up and for each other in the best way that you can. So yes, always, always would encourage that this be kind of again an open conversation with those key people in your lives. You know, is it hard to balance? I honestly, I don't feel like it is. Mm-hmm. I I think there's these myths that you know i'm being unproductive you know i'm living under a limiting belief that if i don't if i'm not nose to the grindstone working for right. you know 40 to 60 hours and i'm falling behind mm-hmm. right but it's like the it's like the image of the you know the the two guys that were cutting down sugarcane right and the the it was an old guy and a young guy, and they're supposed to take down this field of sugarcane. And the young guy's just hacking at this stuff, and every time he looks over, the old guy is like doing nothing, just sitting there, you know. Um, but somehow he's making more progress, and he's like, "All, all that time that you were hacking at at the sugarcane with your dull blade, I was sharpening my blade and huh. making the work easier for myself, you know what I mean?" And the people around me. So it huh. is a little bit counterintuitive to say, like, in order to speed up you actually have to slow down. Mm. And so it, you can, some of the people that I've worked with, you know, this is, again, it's counterintuitive when there's a mountain of work to do and I feel behind and I feel like I'm not meeting up to any expectations anywhere to stop working. Mm. To stop yeah. working, yeah, to feels stop like, that being. That feels like feels, the last thing. It yeah. feels totally counterproductive, counterintuitive, yeah. but it's like, you've gotta sharpen the sharpen the ax, sharpen mm. the saw. So that you can show up and be more mm. efficient, and and again, best version of yourself. But but ultimately, it actually is more productive. Mm. It's more productive to you. You might kind of find yourself someday at the point where it's like, I don't know how I did life without this. Right. Yeah. You know, because when I take the spaces, I show up energized. I show up prepared. I'm yeah. mentally in a good space. I'm emotionally in a good space where I can give to people. Mm. I'm not as needy. Yeah. You know, relationally speaking, but. Yeah, replenishment is a huge concept, and uh, you know, just for the sake of defining that a little bit more, I, you might remember this this acronym uh, PIEs P I E S. So, when you're thinking about replenishment in your own life, you you want to think of in terms of physical. That's the P. Mm-hmm. The I is intellectual. So, how am I feeding and my, stim, stimulating myself mentally? Now we got to watch there because some people can can go overboard with consuming content, mm-hmm. right? Um, And then the next one is E, so how am I emotionally taking care of myself and recharging those batteries? Mm -hmm. And and then the fourth one is spiritually and that looks different for every person that you talk to but you can kind of run through those and kind of self-evaluate. But ultimately, what you wanna do is come up and this is what the idea of the replenishment cycle is. You wanna come up with certain activities that are targeted at those areas that you can do Um, at a specific frequency Mm -hmm. for a specific duration, right? Right. So I know why I'm doing this activity. I know how long I'm gonna do it and how often, you know, maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Maybe it's, if it's something that takes three, four hours, maybe that's gonna be once a month, right? right? There's no hard and fast rules there. And it takes some experimentation to figure out what are kind of the, the top four things that I'm gonna be intentional about to refill
0: those tanks. Yeah, no, it's really really good. And I think that that's the that's kind of I think the part that sometimes is still hard for me is trying to figure out like do the, do the things change a lot with people? Because I feel like there are times cuz I feel like this is probably one of the most stressful times in my life right now mm. of just trying to Trying to balance a million different things, but then every single time I feel like, okay, I'm in a really bad mood or a really good mood. What triggered that? But then once I think that I have that figured out, and then I go hard at that, and then I realize, okay, maybe that's not it. Like, am I, am mm. I overthinking it? Am I just in the reality that does it change? Like, do your replenishment cycles change a lot, or are those things that stay consistent for a person?
1: Yeah, I would say that. In general, there's going to be some things, probably if you've kind of stumbled onto the right things, um, there's going to be some things that you, that stick with you through the course of your life. I mean, when you think physically, you're pretty much limited to eat, move, sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, watching what you eat, mm-hmm. watching your physical activity and watching your sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. So you may choose to emphasize one of those, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to... To um, go outside of those three things, when you're talking about your physical replenishment, mm-hmm. now you may change activities. Like you might switch from right. outdoor, um, you know, mountain biking to something indoor in the winter, mm-hmm. right? And and go, and head, heading to the gym. And a lot of times, you know, the best case too is to is to find activities where you can kind of combine some of these mm-hmm. things. You know, there's you know pretty good you know data showing that kind of low level or low impact activity and exercise puts you in a great spot for reflection and creative mm-hmm. thinking totally so you know go going for a walk you know might have a physical piece to it right, right? but it also is going to be feeding that yourself emotionally intellectually maybe spiritually yeah for too. me it's mowing the lawn there you go that's like it's best, mowing the lawn the best on
0: hour and a half
1: is that on your replenishment cycle
0: it is I know, Claim for, I don't think it's on it, but 100%. Like, it's <laughs> it's because I think it's the only time that literally, like, my phone, no one can bother me. Because, meaning, like, if the yes. phone's ringing, I, it's yes. ignored yes. because I have my hands on something, so I'm not going to grab my phone. Yes. So I listen to podcasts, I do whatever I want, but it's the one time that I feel like I am 100%, yep. like, ignoring everyone around me. Right. Because I'm allowed to, because I have this task to do. And you're not being a bad person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, and I think it's even the time, like, maybe that I feel the least pressure from even, like, family, because they know that I'm doing a task for the house, whatever, it's different, even sometimes here, because I feel like I can be distracted. Yeah, But it's the one time, Yep. Yep, two hours a week, or however, I sometimes will cut the lawn an extra time just to Take more time because it actually is so, yeah. <laughs>
1: is so good for me. Yeah, that's awesome, and, and it's something that you actually have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that works. You know, that works out great because you're supposed, you know, supposed to be doing things to take care of your right. house, and it's feeding you. But yeah, the spaces that that we feel like are untouchable, you know, that where people can't interrupt us. Th- the truth is, we have a hundred percent control over that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it, like especially with kind of digital era, right? Um, and connectivity. Oh my goodness! Like at every space of your life. You know what I mean? You. I don't know if you take your iWatch off when you, you know, when you mow, but you should. The probably yeah. the reality is. You know, you couldn't hear it anyway, and you're right. you know just thinking about something else.
0: Well, I keep it on for exercise tracking sake. Yeah. That's it. But there like, you go. But I, but nothing distracts me when it's happening because like if I'm mowing, I don't. You physically can't let look go, go of the. That. And that's <laughs> what I think it is. It's the rare time that yeah, you're forced that I don't have where everything else I can somewhat be distract like I can be distracted or someone knows they can distract me. Yeah. Even if I'm at work, and I'm editing. It's there's this pressure of. If I just put headphones on and edit for eight hours, well, yeah, there's a lot of other responsibilities. Yeah, so
1: and what do you do in the winter?
0: Same thing. S- oh, oh, you mean oh, <laughs> <yeah>. no? Honestly, <laughs> Dude, but like yes, snow blowing. <laughs> I think be it's like, short enough, Scott. Yeah, like snow blowing would be the same, <laughs> you know, type of thing. But th- it's it's all those kind of things. But but I realize that's obviously is something that is you know I listen to podcasts, listen to all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but and podcasts definitely are a refueling thing as well, but. I can be interrupted with podcasts in different ways because depending on what I'm doing when I'm listening to them, where I'm realizing, because I remember we talked a while back about how at the time when I was walking or exercising, I don't physically even like the exercise thing, but I did realize that there was something unique about when I would walk or run or something yeah and i haven't done that now for like a long time just because i don't need to get back into it so i
1: would experiment with the variety of the act of the particular kind Mm -hmm. of activity right so when you can't cut grass you got to come up with something else you know um something that's that's going to work and i think it's great i mean you you are you know in an office setting and you're in an open concept office setting Mm -hmm. right so you feel you know rude, probably tuning people out right? because they're right there. And I think that's like a very normal yeah. kind of social yeah. thing to feel like I'm ignoring you right now. Well, if we were in different rooms, yeah. I wouldn't feel that way. Yeah. You know, that's the trouble with working at yeah. home is that, yeah. you know, if you were away at the office, you wouldn't feel like such yeah. a schmuck for ignoring your kids or, or your right. wife, Right. But so some of it is a physical space and just making an appointment with yourself to get somewhere new, explore something, a place that you haven't been, a trail. Go f- find a stream that you have never stopped at and looked at. And, and, you know, what I love about your mowing thing, too, is that you're working with your hands and your body. You know, right. you're not at a stream. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing yeah. multiple
0: things that help. It's
1: not mental right. work. You know, It's you're changing up what's yeah. your normal you know that doesn't yeah. mean you don't love doing the editing and the video you probably do but like just switching the, the type of activity you yeah. know is probably important when you think about re- replenishment kind of thinking of, let's vary the kinds of activities
0: that, mm-hmm. that I'm doing no I can definitely see why it's it's good for a lot of sake I mean because I'm exercising I'm also replenishing my brain my thoughts yeah. my, by myself but I'd love to know your thoughts because everyone's are so different in this mm. and how do you feel like technology, hmm. social media, let's just say the internet as a whole, because the internet is, social media is one aspect of a crazy, busy, right. non-stop information age in front of you at all times. Yeah. How do you feel like that's affecting people right now? Um yeah, obviously man, that could be a five-hour podcast the, that itself. That is the ten billion-dollar question. So, because I don't know if we'll ever know, right? I, I, it'll the, probably take twenty, thirty years before we really realize what exactly. effect it has on people.
1: Exactly, we do not know. We have mm-hmm. not seen the effects over time of a generation mm-hmm. kind of being because it's only been out for ten it, years. Exactly, it's I new. I mean, the iPhone yeah. came out in two
0: thousand seven. That's wild. It's only been twelve years. That's wild. And in twelve years, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah. twenty more years, I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you
1: some of my from-the-hip thoughts. Okay. And again, this is just like, hey, I'm a human being. I I, I wasn't ever meant to be like a data entry mm-hmm. machine mm-hmm. piece of software, but that's kind of how I'm operating most of the mm-hmm. time. I'm just putting data into the machine so that they know exactly how everybody behaves and what they can yeah. sell. Right. That's what social media mm-hmm. ultimately is. And there's this kind of crazy philosopher guy from the past named Marshall McLuhan uh, that had this – had this quote saying, you know, the media is the message. So if you think about that for a second, it doesn't really matter what the content is. It's the avenue that it's coming at you that has changed society, Mm. right? So that's true with radio. That's true with TV. That's true with any technology. It didn't really matter what was on the screen. The fact is you're now getting it this way, and that changed culture more than the actual content. So do we know what this is going to do? I don't know, but... You know, there's – I think it's a perfect storm of some other things too, right? So um, I think that's combining kind of with generational stress mounting up. Hmm. I think at people kind of pushing towards how much can I fit – in my life how productive can a person mm-hmm. possibly be i feel like we're a little overextended i mean you think about in in the past my world was like how far i could walk in a day right and, yeah. and actually currently that's yeah. for a lot of people around the world right. that's what a human being you know that's that's how a human being took shape was yeah. this is how big my world is i'm limited to this amount of yep. relationships yep. i don't if somebody dies in the next town over i don't hear about it right right well now i have access to all of the world's problems, mm-hmm. all of the world's stress and suffering, you know, I don't think that our, you know, hearts were kind of designed for, for you know, to be able to absorb that much information. Right. So I feel like that kind of, that perfect storm of, of wow, I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the possibilities. I'm overwhelmed with all the information that's out there. Again, coming back to what I do, like, okay, let's get really simple and make this very stripped away and minimalist and mm-hmm. human because that's mm-hmm. what you are in the midst of this. Um, don't get swept away by the currents. But you com- you know, to me you combine that kind of with you know you know what's creating the sense of anxiety that's that's rising too. You know, I think those things play on each other and, and obviously there's a lot Simon Sinek is kind of you know more and more in his platform talking about screens mm-hmm. and dopamine mm-hmm. and kids getting more dopamine than a, right. than a child brain can handle. Mm-hmm. So I, I am, I'm pretty passionate about like limiting mm-hmm. screen time for, mm-hmm. for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have an adult brain, so it's a little bit more formed, but it still impacts me right you now. Their brains, you know, are getting way more dopamine than they're supposed, mm-hmm. supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I I get concerned because we don't know the physical effects of right. that on, on the brain. We haven't
0: seen, yeah. seen it, but they're starting to, and I think pretty yeah. soon they'll be like, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, and it's hard, to, and it's hard though too because you fight the balance of you know as a even a parent, for example, this is also how they're going to grow up, and it's not going to change. So it's like you know I, I I push back at times on people that are like, "Oh, they only get you know twenty minutes of like." Th- there's good side of sure, it too sure I agree. No child should be spending three hours a day on YouTube right but yeah. if a child is spending three hours a day on an iPad and they're learning coding and they're mm. le- like there's also really tons of really good valuable stuff too yep. that I think it's about you know, what are they doing on the screens that really should matter? Because, well, yeah, you yeah. could also say the same thing about who knows what it actually does to like our eyes over time and all that. I exactly. get that side of it. Yeah. Screen time is screen time when it comes to just what is it physically doing. Yeah, But I think a lot of parents are over-evaluating like screen time. Like how about you think more about like, what is the time that they're... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it kind to me, it kind of comes back to that Marshall McLuhan idea of the media is the message. So, <laughs> obviously, I don't want my kid, if he is going to be using screen time, using it for something that's, like, going to damage the right. way he looks at the world. Right. Um, but I can't protect him. He's yeah. going to run into that stuff mm-hmm. somewhere. So, mm-hmm. I need to have open dialogue with him. If he's going to... You know, I'd definitely prefer if he's using a screen that he's using it to right. build a skill or learn. Yeah. You know, but with without knowing how mm-hmm. much that actually does affect them physiologically, and mm-hmm. I my hunch is that they're gonna we're gonna look back at this time and say that we were just it was like giving our kids cigarettes. We just we didn't know right. what it was doing to their brains physiologically. But that's all that's all gonna play out. We'll all know someday yeah. how you know what
0: as they track this stuff. That's the benefit of and all just, the. It's data just like here. how are. Even if it's, you know, you use the analogy of, like, giving kids cigarettes, but what other, how would it ever stop? Yeah, Like, technology's never going
1: anywhere. It won't stop until people actually have the proof of what it does and and, and enough people say, this is ridiculous. We didn't know. Here's the appropriate amount. Here's what we've found to be okay, sustainable, you know, because you, you don't know until we find out how, how much effect that has. So, you know, I kind of am leaning in the direction of caution myself personally. And, you know, they, they, my kids have screen time, uh, but we're intentional about what they are using it for. And, you know, I don't think that they're suffering any lack of quality now. And I, I don't buy into the myth that they're not going to be ready for tech, like they know how to use this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? It's pretty intuitive. Things are getting smarter. You, you don't have to be very, uh, technologically savvy to use this stuff. And it's only going to go more and more in that direction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the exception would be, is my kid going to be a coder? Right. And I, and I think, you know, if he does want to go in that direction, we'll find out someday. Yeah. You know, he he may have to overcome catching up to some of the kids that were coding in first grade, but Yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, I guess I'm willing to kind of take play out, yeah. play that out, and see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So if you
0: take the just the technology side of that away, one sure. of the things I've, I'm a huge Gary Vee fan, as you know, one of the things that I love that he says is that technology doesn't change us; it exposes us, it exposes who we really are. Mm. Which I completely agree with. Of yeah. just do do you think? Yeah, I don't want to blame do technology. You think, right, yeah. Do you think that there's what are your thoughts on kind of that? But from a standpoint of like, let's not, not the physical, not the screen time, not what it does to your eyes, your brain. How do you feel like it's affecting people in general, like from a brain perspective? Like I know it kills people's, I mean, it really hurts people's comparison side of things and how it affects them maybe from that perspective. Yeah.
1: Just again, from the hip and I'm not like a, you know, a clinical, um, Psychologist who studied this and has tons of studies and trials under my mm-hmm. belt. But, you know, I, I think that in general, what does that technology do? It, it gives you vast amounts of information mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. right? So it makes the path uh, potentially really short to where I can learn about anything. Right. Right? I don't have to go through a process of, of being incompetent and not knowing yeah. and having to, to rely on somebody else. Now, is that a good or bad thing? Right, if it's like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to lean on somebody else. Like I can find out myself. Well, it's hard to know. You know, you mm-hmm. got to kind of look at each situation. Um, is that isolating relationally, um, or is it connecting me to people? Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. The technology itself is neutral, and I think right. that's like probably Gary Vee would say that. Right. Um, so if I'm gonna tend towards isolation, I'll use the technology to isolate myself. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna, if I'm lazy. I'll I'll use technology to be lazy. If I'm not an engaged parent, I'll use the technology to parent my kid. Right. right? So, I you know I think I think, yeah, I no, think that's stupid. right. You know what's there technology is just going to make it easier. Right. It's just going to magnify it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the challenge we all have to. We just what we need to make sure we're not doing is going aimlessly and blindlessly and just letting it carry us and saying mm-hmm. like this is where right. I have to go. Now you you get to choose what your relationship to technology is. And I I just encourage people to be
0: reflective and, you know, intentional about it. Yeah. So one of the things that you say a lot that I also appreciate is just like the idea of the importance of being the best version of you. What does that mean to you? And kind of what, how does that tie into kind of now what you do with like these life plans and this, what you're, what you're up to?
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm very passionate about this. I, I believe that, you know, all of us deserve to have the joy and satisfaction um, and the feeling of, of confidence that we are showing up as the best version of ourselves mm-hmm. that we can at this point. So when I say that, you know, how, how do I know when I've reached my full potential? Well, I'm not really getting at what is your maximum, what is your ceiling when I say, the best version of you because you can't just take a quantum leap from where you are to some hyper, you know, superhero version right. of yourself from one day to the next. Is and and sometimes we're fed, I think, the American idol syndrome that you can be anything yeah. you want to be, right? Yeah. And it's like, I think all of us have been watching the person who says, This is what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. with my life. And and the rest of us are saying, I don't I don't think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is Um, the best version of myself today, you know, and then projecting, you know, in a a way that's real, right? So I've got to look at the trajectory of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the things that have been hardwired into me that are my gifts and my talents, my strengths, you know, those things tend to be energizing. Am I living congruently with that? You know, do the narratives of my vocation and my relationships and the narrative... Of my contribution in the world and how I enjoy and play, um, and, and enjoy life. Do those things all weave together in a way that makes sense? Mm -hmm. You know, am I showing up as the best version of myself? And, um, you know, I, I love this quote from Mark Twain. I often share it. There's the the two most important days in your life for the day you were born and the day you find out why, Hmm. you know, because we can sit there kind of, like blindly swinging at a piñata, saying like I, I I or throwing a dart at a dartboard, saying I think this is the best version of me out there. Like this is what I'm, you know, supposed to. I'm supposed to set goals, you know, and and push myself. But if we don't do that in relationship to who we are and our identity mm-hmm. and how we've been shaped in our life trajectory, like we're setting ourselves up for either failure, but but maybe even more dangerously for success in the wrong thing. Mm. Right, So uh, maybe I achieved those goals, but they weren't really connected to to my core values or who I am. Yeah. So, oh, I got there, but now I feel empty.
0: Yeah. And now yeah, I've yeah.
1: spent all this time, and I'm wondering, what, what, what has this all been
0: for? Yeah. Um, and, and that's almost yeah. what I think is the biggest problem with the social media side from my perspective is yes. I see your success as what I want it to be. Right. But don't realize that like I actually don't want that at all. Right. But you're just I'm seeing what you did and I'm like, well, I want that. Yeah. But and that's not what actually makes me happy. Right. And
1: people are projecting the best face of whatever it is that they're experiencing, right? They're not posting about all all the crap and yeah. the hard stuff yeah. behind that. It's, it's always like, the highlight reel. You know, here yeah. I am on my jet and my you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. There's more to the story you know as as much as you want to paint it that way and there, and that might be great for you right but have i done the work of knowing who i am and if i haven't if i don't operate from that place of identity of authentically knowing who i am and going from that place i'll just become whatever someone pays me to be yeah right or whatever other people tell me to be, which the social media thing will tell you via likes, yeah. you know,, yeah. Yeah, who you should be. If you're not careful, if you don't know, you're highly susceptible, right? So yeah, being the best version of you mm-hmm. is about really uncovering what it is that makes you unique. You know, yeah. sometimes I talk about DNA and, and and this is crazy, but we share 50% of our DNA with bananas. So if you put us under the, the <laughs> microscope, you 50% would be undistinguishable. And, and if you compared us to whales, it's something like 80 something percent. You couldn't tell us apart.
0: Huh.
1: Right? Pigs is like 96, you know, you know, with with apes, it can be like close to 98% yeah. is the same under the microscope. And and between any two human beings that have ever walked this planet in all of history, there's Less than one percent of the DNA that makes you you. Huh. So how important is that one percent? It's everything. Yeah. I mean, if I say hey, Sorry you're you're just like your dad, you're just like your brother, you're just like your twin, oh I better watch out. Like somebody might hit me if I said that. Yeah. No, it's everything. Yeah. So that process of discovering what is my one percent that, that makes me me, why why am I who I am? Mm-hmm. When we've got clarity, this yeah. is when going back to seeing clearly, yeah. now I can kind of authentically and intelligently say, this is my path. This is yeah. where I'm going. And it makes sense. And someday I'll, I'll hit those markers of, you know, if I just play that movie into the future, what would it look like two yeah. or three years from now? Yeah. And then I do want to stretch people about what's possible in that framework. Right. And you know, like, yeah, I all again. I'm never gonna be in the NBA. I'm not gonna be the American Idol, right? So yeah. I've got to set out vision that that kind of makes sense for me and who I am, and mm-hmm. that's gonna be fulfilling and evaluating along the way because because yeah. life is dynamic yeah. and, and priorities sometimes do shift at different stages, and we go through different, I'd say, de- developmental transitions all through adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so that's often, too, when I find people that want to talk is because they're kind of coming up to one of these moments where it feels like the tectonic plates of plates yeah. of who I am and what's important have shifted. Yeah. Okay, let's find out, let's see clearly what's happening here so mm-hmm. that you can feel confident about where to go next.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important. I think it's just such good stuff because I always think about, too – the amount of times that I hear someone start a business, for example, and then they start to have some success and then they decide they want to grow and they want to grow and they want to grow. And then I've realized even with my own company, I've grown and then there are parts of me that are kind of like, where is there an end point? Like, nah. it, it was, it was way easier when I did this all myself mm-hmm. and made way less money and didn't have to deal with anything. But there's this pedestal that is, that sometimes can be in front of you. Of you make a great fruit punch. Well, you should start a business making fruit. Maybe you don't want to start a business. Right. Maybe yeah. you just like making fruit punch. Yeah. But it all goes back to kind of I think that initial self awareness and the whole idea, but really thinking about like what actually, yeah, what makes you happy. Yeah. Because it's just easy to get in a mindset. I feel like because I'm realizing more and more now that an entrepreneur and someone making starting a business. Needs to look to have a goal of making two hundred million dollars a year with a company, right? Rather than trying to realistically think about what actually, yeah, what is your goal? What yep. actually makes you the happiest? Right. Yeah, and then just make the actions match what you're actually trying to do. Yep, and
1: that that transition that you're living right now is super common for any entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of like hey, can I can I make something that flies? Right. Right? And so all the effort goes into like making something that flies. Well, as soon as it's off the ground, then we start asking, oh, where was I gonna take this yeah. thing? Now I'm a thousand <laughs> feet off the it, you know, yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. air and, and I never thought I about the I can't just land. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Now no, I've got to upgrade the engines while this thing is in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it's not gonna be able to handle all the past people that have jumped on board, you yeah. know. And so we get to that point, and wow, you know, now being the captain of a crew was very different than designing an airplane right. and making something fly, yeah. right? And, that, and, and it just keeps coming, that next step. And it's not a ramp, you know, it's these mm-hmm. steps. You're going to come to moments where... You know, it's a jump up yep. from what you were to what you are going to be. And you have to answer that question because what got you to where you mm-hmm. are, what was successful, yep. is not what you need to be successful at the next yep. level. And you have to look in the mirror and say, as much as I can tell about what that next level requires, does that suit me? Right. Is that what yep. I want? Now, I may not have to let go of my business. Right. Right. And that might be about bringing the right people hundred percent, yeah. So that I can kind of continue to be in my sweet spot, right? Um, but it may, you know, and, and yeah. but you're right. There's gonna come a point where once you got that thing off the ground, you do have to answer the question of
0: end game. Yeah. Where is this where do I think this is heading? Yeah. You know? And yeah, and realize just yeah, the self awareness of mm-hmm. do I need to you could have a $100 million business, and you still might only make $50,000 a year, but you're super content because you're not having to deal with the craziness of behind the scenes. Right. But I think that's also what I see happen is people have a passion. Mm-hmm. They start with it. Then it starts to become a business, and then they eventually – now it's just a job, and they're not passionate about it anymore because I think they hit – everyone gets that level. Yeah. You eventually get to a level where you start doing something that you don't actually like to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you either yeah. have or, to hire people Or you're to help uncomfortable you. with yeah. it. yeah, Because you never it, did that before. Yeah. Like I've never been a yeah. boss of five employees. Yeah. I'll also never have been a boss of 20, 30, however, it d- doesn't right. matter. It's different. So I don't really know what anything feels like until you, it happens. You don't know. You find the path by walking it. Mm-hmm. And then
1: when you start taking those steps and evaluating and saying, what is this like? Do I actually like this? Because here's the thing about passion. Passion is nurtured and grown. Hmm. It's actually... The, you know, it kind of correlates to how much you know about something. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden you start picking up leadership books that you never picked up before or, or self-awareness tools that you never picked up before mm-hmm. because the circumstances are requiring it and you learn about it and you start applying it, you may find yourself growing a new, a whole new passion, right? So human beings are not like car motors where right. something breaks and we have right. to fix a part, you know, and you don't see a, we're much more like a tree, right? We're much more organic. You don't see like an engine budding a new set of spark plugs, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's like, we go through this organic process. It's like, whoa, something is growing in me and paying attention to that. But there's this awkward middle always mm-hmm. where we want to revert to what worked for us before. Cause in our brains, those are trenches that are, you know, ruts that mm-hmm. we've been using, you know, highways and our brains are just wired that way. That new territory, that's like a skating rink. I don't know how to walk. I don't know what that even looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's step at a time, find the path by walking it, but don't make the mistake of thinking, Oh, let me just tweak the dials on what I used to do. And, and and I'll be able to like, you know, kind of settle things down, pay attention. When you start feeling that kind of inner tension about it.
0: So good. That's awesome. Boy, this is some really, really good. So I like, I'm like, Processing and I, sure, I love sure. hearing. It. So, for the people that want to get in touch with you, yeah, um, what's the best way to do it? Because I, I think that there's going to be a lot of just great takeaways from this, but uh-huh. some of it can be overwhelming when you feel like you don't necessarily even yeah. have a connection point for it. Right. But I know you love connecting with people, and what's the best way for people to do it?
1: Yeah. So people can reach out to me through my website, and that's at Resonant Vision. Dot com. And we'll
0: put that in the show notes. Yeah, yep. That'd
1: be better. You know, so, I, sometimes I, w- I wonder if I made the right choice on on, on naming that, but th- <laughs> it is what it is right now. Uh, so that'll be in the show notes. And that's probably the best way there's a contact form yep. that goes to my email and my, yep. my phone number's on there. If yeah. people want to call, you know, I always do, you know, a first off we're going to do a free consultation sit down because yeah. I, I just got to understand where you're coming from and, you know, as much as I can help somebody during that time yeah and then we can kind of discuss what are the options is life plan right for you right do we want to do something more like kind of a typical life coaching arrangement right especially if it's virtual like a lot of clients are virtual which is works great you know Mm -hmm. Um, have had a lot of success with that too so
0: I'd say through the website that'll be in the show notes awesome well I appreciate it I, I, I wouldn't have brought you on here if you if I didn't think that you made a you know a big impact in my life and I think that you're doing great things with people so well, thanks Those for having people. me, Scott. Yeah. And it's it's been fun to watch yeah, your journey for sure, you know, well,
1: unfold. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here.